We'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. Sure wish you would. Love hearing from folks all around the country, all around town, wherever you may be. Just give us a call. We'll try to chat you up. And like every week, we generally have some kind of a general topic we're sure. talking about. But you're never limited to that. Anything's on your mind, give us a call. We'd be glad to try to help you out. That's it. Live and in person today. There you go. Doing a live show again. Was out a couple of weeks there on vacation. but Back in the work week. Again. That's right. All <laughs> rip-roaring, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I had a gentleman who wrote an email earlier this week, and he has a late model Chevrolet pickup truck. Okay. I want to say it's 2017, and about 70,000 miles, and the torque converter came apart in it. as. Right. I think just about everybody is aware what a problem that is. Jim, they know they got a problem. Six speeds with a torque converter coming apart. Right. Obviously, he's out of warranty at 70000 I think 50000 is the length of the warranty. And he may even be getting close on the time, uh-huh. uh, being a 17. But me personally, I do not expect my truck with 70,000 miles to need a $5,500 transmission. <laughs> well, I mean, you're talking about a four-year-old vehicle. It's just ridiculous. It, it really, really is. is. But he was saying, what should he do? Should he repair this, trade for a new one? And I'd suggest to him, I said, well, why don't you see if GM would be willing to do anything for you? Well, because, I mean, obviously they know they got a problem here now. Right. It's worth a call. And if you, I mean, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Well, that's right. And he did negotiate with them. And I think they came back with, they would pay half and he would pay half, which saved him a good bit. But they also said, well, we'll we can trade you into a new vehicle. Well, sure. And he was wondering, he said, well, is that a better deal for me? And I said, well, GM is doing exactly what GM does. They're trying to maximize their profit. Sure. Because, number one, they're going to sell you a new car, so they're going to make full profit on that. Number two, they're going to take yours, stick a transmission, and used cars are selling really, really high right now. So they're going to they're gonna make money on it. Maximize their profits on that. And not only that, but as far as I know, the problem has not been resolved. So... Well, is the new one going to be any better than the one you got? Plus, it may have problems we don't know about yet. <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the 21s could very well have the same problem, unknowingly. Well, or new problems. Plus, the technology is that much more sophisticated yep. on that vehicle than it was on the 17. Right. I mean, it, technology is leaps and bounds every year Yeah. now it, at this period. Yeah, well, it's just like, look what we can do. Exactly. Hold yeah. my beer and watch this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I would say, in this case, you'd be much better off to go ahead and even if it costs you $2,500 out of pocket, go ahead and fix the one oh, yeah. you got. Yeah. Hold on to it because at least that way, and from what I understand, the remanufactured transmissions you get from GM, because you're not getting a new transmission. Uh, I don't want to get a new transmission from GM. Just buy truck. a new car. But you're getting a remanufactured transmission, and I have heard, I can't document it, but the remanufacturers are actually better than the original. They use a better torque converter to reman mm-hmm. ones because they do give a three-year 100,000-mile warranty on those. Right. So we've, you, we've actually changed a few of those out. Oh, yeah. Quite a few. Quite a few. That's, that's a real problem going on with that. And it's just, a, I don't know, the torque converters aren't designed to hold up to all the lock, unlock, modulated lock, lock exactly. between gears that they have to do. Yeah. And they I, just. I really think if I owned one, I'd go ahead and preemptively get rid of that converter that's in it. Yeah. 
before it takes the transmission out. Well, that's the thing. You could change the converter if you can find a better one than what they've Did got. What got. That's a question mark. But once it goes out, transmission is a lot like an air conditioner in that respect, in sure. that once it goes out, that metal goes through the entire unit. And you are talking about a new transmission or, or another transmission, right. rebuilt, repaired, whatever, and probably a cooler, however that comes, because some of them are part of the radiator, some are part of the air conditioning condenser. So you can have to replace all that with it because you can't get all the metal out of that. Exactly. And if it is in the condenser, then you have to evac the, system, evac the AC system That's right. and recharge. So that's right. another expense. Well, and you got 34YF, YF, yeah. which is sold by the ounce. So it's not like the old days where you get it recharged and it costs you about 100 bucks. These cost probably four or $500 to recharge. Yep. So it's just, yeah, it just it's like the, the longer they come, the sorry to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In my opinion. But it kind of brings up the point, what do you do when you've got a problem with your vehicle? Mm-hmm. And whether it's under warranty or maybe just barely out of warranty. And the first thing, the first thing to remember is, if your vehicle is out of the manufacturer's warranty, I don't care if it's one day or one mile. Sure. They do not have to do one thing for you. Right. Nothing. So you're going to get a lot more by being polite and being nice and asking than you are by stomping your feet and demanding. Sure. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. The next thing to keep in mind, if you have a problem under warranty, because I got a good friend of mine in New Orleans, and he's got a new Mercedes. Luckily, it's a lease vehicle. But we went somewhere the other day. I said, what's that shutter? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I said, that that shutter when you take off. And it talked about just shuttering to beat the band. Uh He didn't really notice it. He says, well, you know, now that you mention it, that is different than the way it used to be. So I said, well, what you need to do, bring it in, ask to speak with the technician that's going to work on it. Okay. Get him to get in the car with you, go drive it, demonstrate it, say, that's it. That's what I want to do. Well, of course, he's in a big hurry, so he goes and he drops, drops it off, off, and they put him in a loaner car, keep it one week, said, no problem found. Nothing wrong with it. It's okay. So now he says, well, okay, now wait a minute. It used to not do that, and it started doing it, and the rental car you gave me doesn't, doesn't do, do it. it. Right. So if it's normal, then these two must be broke. Right, yeah. <laughs> Just break mine like that because I like that a whole lot better. I don't like the shake and the shutter when I take off. Uh-huh. But that's the thing. You have to be sure you get the complaint documented properly to the person who can do something about it. Sure. Because you got to remember, technicians, particularly in a dealership, mostly are going to be on commission. That means they get a percentage of what they do, and everything's based on hours. Diagnosis on this car may pay 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. Because if it's under warranty, they only pay about half the going rate. So he's not going to invest a bunch, a bunch of his time in trying to find a problem. He's going to take whatever's written on that work order. He's going to go drive the car, see if he can do it. If it doesn't do it, he's going to write no problem found. He's going to turn the sheet in. Sure. He's not going to waste a lot of time on it. Now, I'm not saying that's how it should be. I'm not making excuses. I'm just that's telling you just that's the is. way, that, that is the is uh-huh. of the world as it exists. These guys trying to make a living like everybody else, and they can't invest two hours trying to diagnose your car. They're going to get paid 15 minutes for Exactly. So they're just gonna, if they don't see it right away, they're going to tell no problem found, turn the ticket back in. They might hook a scan tool up. If it didn't set a code, that's it. It's okay. Now, 
you can kind of head a lot of it off, as we mentioned earlier, by if you can get someone who is going to take the time to ride with you. And most better dealerships will do that. Yeah. Say, look, I'm having trouble explaining exactly what it is that I want fixed. Can I have the tech ride with me? And he says, well, here's business. Okay, I'll wait. And you have to be patient. You have to wait around. But get the guy to ride with you. Show him. Demonstrate it to him. Because that guy does want to fix the car. Believe it or not, these guys are not uncaring. They don't want unhappy customers out there. It's just a matter of economics. They can't afford to go looking for everything you might be complaining about. If you didn't specifically express it properly, it's probably not going to get found. So your odds go way, way, way up if you'll just do that. Now, let's say you do all of that and you still get it back, didn't find the problem. Now, the next thing is to ask to speak to the service manager. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked to a service advisor before, ask to speak to the service manager. And he is, he is actually over the entire service. He department. is. You can explain the situation to him just like you did to the other guy. Again, maybe get the tech to come in to the little get-together there so he can put his input into it. And you have a better shot there. Right. Now, if you still get no results, the next step up the food chain is to ask to speak to the zone manager. Now, the zone manager does not work for that dealership. He works for GM, Ford, Chrysler, whomever. And he has much more latitude with what the company will cover and what it will not cover. Basically, the dealership can only do what GM, Ford, Chrysler, whatever tells them to do. We'll let them do. Under the guidelines. The zone manager has the wherewithal to override that. So this is sort of your pecking order. And again, if you walk in and you say, well, I'll never buy another. Okay, you're not going to buy another car? Yeah, you're not going to get anything done. Yeah, you're done. Get out of here. Right. The thing is, as long as they feel they can preserve you as a customer, they're far more likely to do something for you. A better way to go about that is, you know, I love my truck. This is one of the best trucks I've ever owned. In fact, I'd like to buy my another son, one. Yeah, my son is going to be graduating soon, and I'm thinking about buying him one. Right. Thinking about buying the same one from you. But, you know, I don't think it's right that this transmission went out at right. X number of miles. And, again, if you handle it politely in that good chance you're going to get something Some results, done. Yeah. Now, if the zone manager won't do anything for you, the next step up will be to call the company itself. Uh-huh. There's generally a customer service division, and you may be able to get something done there. The last resort, of course, through the courts. But that's generally going to be an extreme measure if nothing else works. Yeah, expensive. Yeah, I remember, I think it was Will Rogers, says, I've been broke twice in my life. Once when I sued a guy and lost, once when I sued a guy and won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to come out as good if you got to get an attorney involved right. and all that kind of stuff. Hey, we've got to take our first quick little break. We'll be right back with a whole lot more. Y'all both mm-hmm. are. Ever plan to move west? Travel my way. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, 
guy. Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for spending Saturday morning with us. I'm Lewis, and this is Brian sitting right here on the side of me. This is Automotive Hour. We'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call, 291-6901. And should you happen to not be able to get to us before we get off the air today or any time during the week, you can always visit our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button and fill out the form and send it on in. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. And we're going to ask back to you within 24 hours, just depending on where I am in proximity to the computer. <laughs> and I always travel with a computer. So right. even on vacation, I sat and answered my email at least once a day, sometimes twice a day. Okay. Yeah, you get an answer back. That's the fastest way and the only other way <laughs> exactly. to get an answer unless you want to wait until the following Saturday. We're talking a little bit about getting things done under warranty right. and why warranty service sometimes is not as good as it could be. I know back years ago when I used to work in dealerships, which is a long time ago, and I'm probably when you were in there sure. as well, they did not even pay for diagnostic no. time. No, they you didn't. got paid to do the job. You were expected to diagnose it for free. Mm-hmm. Now, I think all that's changed now because diagnostic time can easily exceed the amount of repair on many jobs. Oh. If you're looking for a short and a wire, it may take you six hours to find it, and you can fix it in 10, ten minutes, minutes once you found it. Sure. But they don't pay the full going amount. In other words, if these guys are working on straight commission, which the vast majority of them are, right. what that means is that Whatever they do, they track the hours. Let's say this job is supposed to take three hours to do. Well, if they do it in three hours, they get paid for three hours. Sure. If they take four hours, they, they still, still get paid get, three hours. If they do it in two, do it in two, they still paid. get paid three hours. Right. So the incentive is obviously to go Hurry. as fast as you can, rush through things. I've never liked that particular form of payment because I think it rewards all the wrong things. Sure. And tends to penalize someone who wants to take their time and do the job right and, and put more time into diagnosis. But be that as it may, that's just the way it operates. That's the way the system operates. Most of the things, they pay a much lower rate. If you look in a labor guide, which is the book that shops use to price stuff, you will see that there is the, the regular book time. This is how long they say experts say it would take to do this job. Yeah. And then there's a warranty time. Which is usually half of the yeah, going rate. Yeah, 60% half of right. the going rate. And, of course, they say, well, these guys do the same jobs over and over again, so they get really good at it, so they can do it that much time. Well, maybe so, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just telling you, all of the rewards in this system are based on rushing through and not on thorough diagnosis, not on thorough careful work. That's sure. just the way it's set up. Not to justify it, not to blast it. I'm just telling you, that's, that's how it goes. It that's the that as is. And so that's why warranty work is not always what it should be. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that most dealerships, and this is sort of an unwritten thing, but just something I noticed from working around them, they generally have one, two guys in there that are pretty sharp. These are the guys who are doing the transmission right. rebuilds, engine these, overhauls. These are, these are what you call your ATEX. That's the ATEX. And 
the service riders learn after a while. These are the guys that can get their behind out of a out of a pinch. In other words, somebody has been back three times. He's fixing to sue them under right. the lemon law. This is the guy you put on that job to get it fixed right. Now, those guys tend to get hand-fed the better jobs. Sure. Because they, the it's not supposed riders, to work that way. It's supposed to just rotate. Well, the service riders know, hey, this guy, if he, I give him this, he can get it done and get it out of here. That's right. And so the better jobs tend to go to those guys. These are the jobs that tend to pay more, like the customer pay work sure. and that sort of stuff. Whereas the new guys, and I don't want to demean them, but say the guys with a lot less experience, we always call them the flunkies but mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess you can't say that kind of stuff these days but yeah those guys tend to get the warranty work right and because they are maybe they really want to do a good job but i remember the first week i ever worked in a dealership i got nothing but warranty work that entire week mm-hmm. and i was taking my time and fixing every car just right and i was pretty proud until i got a right. paycheck right <laughs> Star- starving to death yeah i made i made about 10 hours in a 40 hour week you know right. the old guy that was in the bay next to old mr shoots he, he says he, said, he made like 60 hours that week yeah yeah he said, let, me, let me show you how to pencil whoop them i was like well Mr. Shoots, i ain't sure i want to have to pencil whoop them to make a living <laughs> <laughs> that's fact but nonetheless you figure out shortcuts you figure out things and all right. that and it's probably not right but it's just the way the system works and we can't change the system you know, if you want to buy GM, Ford, and Chrysler, and, and I'm not and picking we, on just them, all companies. All of them do it. Pretty much operate in the same way. But I always feel, that's why when I started AGCO, I decided what we were going to do is we were going to build by the time spent, throw away the labor guy, because that sure. doesn't make any sense. There are jobs in that labor guide that everybody knows you can do in half the time that sure. the book gives. Sure. Some, and, some even less than that. Yeah. Well, like changing an air filter, for instance. It may take you five minutes to do it. It pays. Labor guide may give you seven tenths. Yeah, eight tenths. Give you half an hour, whatever. Well, you're gonna get billed a half hour changing an air filter that took two minutes. On the other hand, there's jobs that the book says pays fourteen hours. Right. One of the, I think it's the Toyotas, the motor mounts or something right. on a Toyota. Right. They want you to pull the, the the labor rate says fourteen hours. You have to pull the engine to change it or not the engine. You can do it in about four hours just by dropping the engine cradle. Yeah, drop same the engine job. cradle. Same thing. You support the engine in place. You get right. the same exact quality of job yep. in much, much less time. These are the jobs. We're not, we're not billing 14 hours for that job. Right. We're billing four. We're going to bill the time we spend on Right. But if you go to a shop that's working flat rate, they're going to bill you to 14 hours, sure. regardless of the time it takes. No matter because how Because the book says it. that. Yeah. That's right. And their justification, and I can see both sides of it, but they say, well, we lose money on these other jobs. That makes up for it. I don't think that's but, right. Well, it's not for the guy who has to pay the bill. Exactly. You know, I don't want to subsidize your warranty process. Right. You know, which is kind of sort of what you're doing What's when you go into on? a dealership. Customer pay work, they can charge whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So you tend to subsidize the warranty process when you go there to have customer pay work done. And that's why dealerships are generally a lot more expensive than, say, independent shops or franchises and all that kind of stuff. But the point is, if you do want to get something done outside of warranty, the, the methods that we talk about, be sure you get the guy who's going to do the work. Show him exactly what it is you're looking for. That way he doesn't have to waste a bunch of time on it. Show him what it's doing, and you got a much better chance of getting this resolved. Sure. Beyond that, again, you know, it's up the chain. service manager, right. zone manager. And don't jump the links. Yeah. No, work, don't go straight to the, right. calling the company. Work, work up, those, up the links. Because the first thing they do, have you talk have to you, the service manager about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like the military. If you got a complaint, you got to go up the chain of command. Sure. You know, and that, for better or worse, that's just the way it has to go. Now, beyond all of that, let's say they're just not willing to do anything for you. It doesn't necessarily 
end right there. What you need to do, go ahead and if you have to pay for a pair, pay for a pair. Be sure you keep your receipts. All the documents. Because very often what will happen where there is just a ridiculous amount of a certain problem. For instance, the four, Ford intake manifolds. Ford intake manifolds on the 4.6s used to yep. split or plastic intake manifolds. Every single one of them did it. Ford would not do a thing in the world. If you did it, it's your, your problem. Yeah, Go you fix it. it. Sooner or later, a group of people got together and had a class action suit, which they won. Mm -hmm. Ford lost. Then they had to go back and reimburse people who had had this repair done. Only if they had their receipt from where they had it. Right. Not just, hey, I had it done. Yeah, yeah, you've got to have proof. They're not going to take your word for it. You've got to have all the documentation and all that. Keep your proof. Regardless of where you had it repaired. You had it done in an independent shop. If you had it done elsewhere, it does not have Doesn't to matter. be done by a Ford dealer because this is a class action suit. This supersedes all of that. Uh-huh. And this happens. Quite. happens it happens. Put it that yeah. way. Same thing with Ford was break off spark plugs in the right. 5.4. That went on for years. People were spending just oh. money, 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 money. Yeah. Well, eventually somebody got enough of it, formed a class, went to court, sued them, made Born, them pay for it. And what I'm hoping is the same thing will happen with these six-speed transmissions sure. because i mean you see in this an awful lot the same mileage over and over and over again i don't think gm's gonna just step up and say hey, we're gonna uh, take care of this maybe they will maybe who knows but time will tell yeah if they don't the next thing if you watch someone may come up with a class action suit now the ad- advantage there is They'll send you a form if you own that vehicle. Or you can request a form. You can fill out. That makes you part of the class. Sure. So when it is resolved, you'll get whatever portion the law dictates. Whether it be full compensation or a part know, up portion, portion thereof. Portion. They did the same thing on Nissan. They had the problem with the radiators that would rupture and flood mm-hmm. the transmissions. Right. And eventually class action suit. So, of course, beyond that, you can bring your own lawsuit. But if anybody who's ever had a lawsuit, particularly a lawsuit against a very large company, I mean, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it works out. Generally, you're going to spend more time and more money than what you're going to collect. Sure. In my opinion, it's just hardly worth it unless it's just a real major, major issue. But for something like a transmission or an air conditioner or whatever, it's a few thousand dollars. Well, in the case of the, of the GM transmission, that's probably five grand yeah, by the time you change the grand. cooler and all that stuff. But don't just get rid of it and let it go. Keep your eyes up. Watch the Internet. If you see somebody coming up, in fact, I think on Google you could put in something like six-speed transmission recall and set an alert. Okay. And anytime that phrase comes across the Internet, it'll send you an email. Okay. I know I do that on some – I like my company name. I'll put it in right. there and anytime right. my name is mentioned on the internet it sends me an alert oh, cool. so i can kind of tell you know what's going on if somebody's got a problem or, or whatever and, and post something about it it pops up so anyway those are the ways that you have to go about doing it gotta take our second quick little break be right back with more on the automotive hour Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Ooh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thunderclap. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. Ah! 
When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Brian sitting right here, Bobby. Two tools for any automotive question you may have. It's Automotive Hour, and the number is 291-6901. you want to be a part of the show, give us a call. Try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And we still have a few minutes left to get a live answer for you this morning. That's right. Got plenty of time left. Get you an answer. Go straight to the top of the list if you give us a call now. We were talking a little bit about getting things done, and specifically under warranty and all that. But you know, the same things tend to apply to any kind of repair in any kind of shop. Well, not necessarily just a shop. Yeah. In, in any, any kind of repair anywhere, really. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an automotive topic. But one of the things that always gets me, and again, I always kind of caution people, being polite will get a lot more for you sure. than being rude. Some people think that if they blow up and get mad, Cause the scene. rarely is that ever going to get anything for you. It's not going to get as much for you. Acting like a gentleman or a lady is going to get you much, much for you. It makes people want to cooperate with exactly. you. Exactly. And almost any business wants their customers to be happy. There's few, if any, businesses I've ever seen that really – doesn't care if their customers are happy or not. I mean, they, they want people to be pleased with the service. They want you to recommend them to other people, right. speak well of them and all that. But, again, what may look very, very clear-cut to you may not be always the, the case. So what you need, if you go back politely and say, you know, I had my car repaired, I was having this problem, and now I've got this problem, I would like to see if it's related. Mm-hmm. If you go back and say, y'all just fixed my car and now it's doing the same exact thing. Well, is it doing the same exact thing? It may be, but then again, it may not. But that is not going to make the company more easy to work with than going back with a a different approach. And we're going to talk more about that. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Jim on the line. Good morning, Jim. Hey, guys. Y'all still the scariest guys around because y'all cost me money. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I spoke to y'all three weeks ago. Uh Uh-huh about my 2002 same truck Lewis guy. Right. We talked about the fuel, the little spider injection. Right. Yeah, injector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, and it went from the central SFI. Right. And you told me to try and find the one that just drops in and is so much better. It's port. Yeah. It, got, it went from CPI to port injection. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they didn't really know what I was talking about. Really? So all they had was a multi-port. Fuel yeah, multiple, same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it says port, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. If it says port, oh. that's it. Okay, that's what my guy put in. Yeah, yeah. The point is, it's uh, it's got it's an injector at each port rather than a central port with a, a spider yeah. on it. And he told me, and, and I guess it was the regulator that was bad. You see yeah. a little clean spot. Uh, yeah, right clean spot inside the, the intake. You run one or two back cylinders. Yeah, and it was I'm leaking, and he said a little clean spot by the little regulator mm-hmm. thing where yep. it comes. Yep, in. that's the classic and, uh, symptom. Yeah, and he changed it. Boy, it runs so much better. It started oh, yeah. instantly. It was it was taking ten seconds to start before, and, mm-hmm. and which will tell you start it up eventually. But yeah, yeah that, oh, that not only would it run, but I find mine even got a little bit better fuel mileage because that little truck never got great mileage, but it got yeah, a little better after that. Idle better, 
yeah, it just the yeah. whole every, everything seemed a whole lot better. It was well worth it to me. So the MSI one was the correct one to put in there. It's yeah, well, it, it's just as long as you use the word port, the, the acronyms change depending on who's using it. GM may call it one thing, the dealership may call it another thing, the shop may call it a different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original one was what they call CPI, central port injection, and then the second one is either multi-port injection or port injection. Yeah, they, it, there's only one. Other than the yeah, original, there's only one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. MFI. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what I needed. I that was it. One, huh? That was it. All right. I'm glad. <laughs> Good job, so $500 man. Five hundred dollars later, that wasn't too bad, huh? Okay. Yeah, that's about yeah. what they go for. I gotta the say, cost three fifty. Yeah, well, that's pretty cheap. You know, really, GM did make a concession on that because if you had to buy a complete injector setup for almost any vehicle. You'd be up close to a thousand bucks. So they did yeah. off. They knew they had a problem with the old one, and they did offer some concessions on it. But still, a hard pill to swallow when you when you swallow it, no matter how much it is. But they did sell it at a discounted rate. I found. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm good. Runs better. I'm glad I've got the right one. Well, good deal. And you guys advised me right, and I appreciate. All it. All right, man. Good. I like y'all show. Thanks, thank Jim. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. All right. You were talking about having work done and having uh-huh. a problem and, and needing to get something resolved with it. I know one of the big things is let's say your check engine light pops on. Okay. And you have that repaired and about two weeks later the light pops on again. Well, obviously to the driver, the it's light's back light. on. It's the same thing. It's only one light and it's back on, so it's the same problem. Mm-hmm. But in reality, there are probably two thousand things that, that can make that, that light come on sure many 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 things can make the light come on so what you need to know when you have your car repaired and this is any repair you have done but particularly with a check engine light you want the code that are codes that were treated enumerated out on the invoice i've seen a lot of shops give an invoice repair check engine light so much money mm-hmm. well that tells you absolutely nothing what you want to know is isolate code, whatever, blah, 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 whatever the code yeah, is. PO450, whatever it is, the numbers there, and then what they did to address each number. Correct. Because when you have that and you go back two weeks later and it's got an EVAP code, well, that's not the same thing at all, not even in the same area. You know, the first one was a catalytic converter code. The second one was an EVAP code. But now all the systems will turn that single light on. Yeah, one light. Is going to come on. Anything that's wrong, one light's going to come on. When they go in and they pull that code, they can look at the list from the last invoice and say, hey, wait a minute, this code is not on here. So this is a new problem. Yeah. Or they can look at that list and say, wait a minute, the code is back, same explanation. Right. We need to go in and look and see if something else in that circuit. Now you're possibly talking about a warranty issue. Possibly. But again, and some codes kind of beget other codes. They do. For instance, a misfire code. A PO 300, 301, 302, 304, all the way up to 308 or whatever it is. If you have a misfire code, what that means, that cylinder is misfiring. Now, every time that cylinder misfires, if it's an ignition problem or whatever, a charge of fuel enters the system. The valve opens. It goes out into the catalytic converter. So it is not uncommon to have, say, a P304 code. And if you let that go for a period of time, let's say you drive around for two weeks with because you can't figure out what's wrong with it. Uh-huh. Well, a couple of weeks later, you may pop a PO430 or something like that because what's happened, all that excessive fuel has gone into the catalytic converter, and now the converter is bad. Sure. Or a O2 code. Right. The system has picked up an extra charge of fuel 
that is not supposed to be in the system, a rich condition, so it sets a rich condition in the O2 sensor. Right. Right. Just because and, of the And you may four. change the O2 sensor, and then next week it pops up with a misfire. Right. Because that, now that is the case of a misdiagnosis. They didn't catch the original cause, and they treated a, something a that didn't need to be done. So it could go either way. But I know we've got like a saved comment. Anytime we have a misfire, we generally put catalytic converters sure. can and often do fail subsequent to this repair. So we just kind of let you know up front. We always discuss that with the client. Hey, depending on how long this is going on. Right. Another example that might be like an overheat code. In other words, the engine has been up to 450 degrees or more. Uh, you know, two, 250, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 250 degrees or so. 286 is when a That's when the light, last light, light comes, comes on. on. Yeah. <laughs> kind of light of death. Well, it's not unusual if an engine has gotten that hot. In the next couple of months, you could end up with a head gasket leak and a head, blown head gasket and a misfire code or something like that. Very easily. So the shop did not create the problem. Best shops will discuss this with you. Okay, right. this engine has been really hot. This is what can happen after an engine gets overheated. We can fix the split radiator that caused the problem. We can change the thermostat that caused the problem. We can change the cooling fans that caused the problems. But the engine's been overheated. Sure. May not ever have another problem. You may be able to drive this thing another 100,000 miles. However, there is a possibility some damage has been done that will show up later. Or this engine is notorious after it's gotten overheated right. at, for the head gasket to blow. Right. So most likely you're going to well, have a head gasket. If you got issue. a 4-liter Jeep engine. It's going to. Yeah, you can almost, almost bet. guarantee yeah. you've you blown a head gasket. So, yeah, yeah that uh, the old 4.6-liter four, 4. North Star engine. Right. If it got, got hot, hot, yeah, it's probably going to blow a head gasket. So right. you would... Many cases, what we would tell people in that case, okay, the engine's got this many miles on it. It's got several oil leaks. I would suggest we just replace the engine. Sure. Rather than, but again, if you want to roll the dice, we're glad to do it. You just got to remember, you can't get mad at me if this happens because I'm telling you right now. Other examples of that sort of thing would be, for instance, uh, wheel bearings. You drive through high water, the left front wheel bearing starts screaming. You change left front wheel bearings. Six months later, same noise. But not as loud. And it's the right side. And right it's the right front wheel bearing. Well, they both went through the same water. It just happened the left one failed before the right one did. It's nice when the shop discusses this with you. And even in some cases, if you change them both at the same time, there's a discounted amount because you're already doing part of the work. Uh-huh. If that's the case, I generally recommend just changing both. If it's just as much to come back and do the other, well, let's wait let's and see. Wait and see. Yeah. Let's, let's roll the dice and see. It may be okay. It may be. And that's the way a shop that's kind of looking out for you, they're not going to hit you with the maximum. They're going to say, let's try this. But, again, well, it's, we, it's kind of you go to the doctor. He, we know this is bad. We know this is bad. Let's take care of this first. This one went through the same process. If it fails later, we can always come back yeah, and change. It's not going to cost more to come back later. Exactly. Hey, got to take our third little break, and we'll be right back with more of the Automotive Hour. Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks stand off Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. 
Yes. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alsland, President of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech and general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. Between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive question you might have. Still got a few minutes. Give us a call, 291-6901. There you go. And we were talking about just different things that can right. happen. You know, one thing that you'll notice with a better shop, or in my opinion, a better shop, is if there is a less expensive route with a high probability of success. He's going to suggest that first. Exactly. Particularly if the downstream is okay. For instance, if you come in, you've got a general misfire on your car, and I look down and the call is bad. Okay, let's replace the call. We'll look at the plug. If the gap is way wide, we're going to suggest replacing the plugs also because that's what calls the call. Now, there is a small possibility that other things could be bad also. In other words, you may have a bad call and a bad injector. It's very possible. But it's going to take me at least an hour to an hour and a half to diagnose that, and that's going to cost you money. I know the call's bad. Let's change it Let's first. change the call. If the code pops back and it's an injector also bad, well, because that happens very, very infrequently, costs more to diagnose than it will be worth. So it's worth rolling the dice. And a good shop will give you those options. They will. Now, you may say, no, I want to know for sure. Okay, great. We'll go ahead and check everything else, make sure nothing else is, is mm-hmm. wrong. And you can come by. I may spend an hour and a half checking everything else in the car and come back and say, yeah, it was the call. Right. Well, we already knew that. So, again, this is the options that a good shop will do under those conditions. Now, in a condition like, let's say, air conditioning compressor failure, no good shop can say, let's just change the compressor and see if it lasts. Because it's not you know going it's not, to. Yeah, you know it's not. The system is contaminated. It's going to cost far. You're going to just take that new compressor, use it as a filter. Now you got the metal of two compressors on there. This is a case where a good shop is going to stick to the guns. They're going to say, no, we need to do the job right the first time. Right. If we can't do it this way, we cannot do it. Right. Right. And, and that's the difference. They're not being ugly with no. you. They are trying to lead you. Trying to correct- protect you. Exactly. Trying to protect you. Because they have seen this over and over again, whereas you haven't. So. Exactly. Let's go back to the phone. I've got John on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good I, have a, I have a 2008 Chevrolet 1500 Series Silverado okay. with 131,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. I've had to change the EEV valve, I think they called it. Yeah, yeah, uh, vent valve. Four times. Yep, that was definitely a problem with it. Yep. What can be done? I mean, every... 25,000, 30,000 miles, it's going out. Yeah, that is a problem GM had with that. They came out with a revised setup on some of them, which, which we use, If he, but it's not really, not really much any, better. Any, you and, know what? Normally, if you live in a very dusty area or an area with a lot of high water on the road, what's happening is something is getting into the valve and taking it out. And until or unless GM redesigns the part, 
You know, yeah. so it doesn't happen. There's not much you can do other than just replace the part. Even the aftermarket parts aren't that good. Yeah, the aftermarket ones are worse than the, the original GM ones, and the original GM ones wasn't very good. But, yeah, that I, is an extremely common problem. My 06 has got that problem right now. Yeah. It comes about every year, year and a half. That started it, about in 04. Because yeah. I got an 02, and mine's the original valve on it. Right, 04. But somewhere around 04, that started, and... I it's think just, at some point they changed the design of it completely and fixed the problem, but unfortunately you got to put back what's there, and they, they just ain't a, a good fix for it. It's kind of like that clunking noise in your steering column. I'm sure you got because yep. all of them do it. Sort of clunk, 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 clunk when you're driving, especially in a parking lot. Yeah, and, and you may have just drowned it out, but uh, there's really not a fix for that. It's just a design issue, you know. And unfortunately, a repair shop can only put back what GM or the aftermarket, occasionally the aftermarket company will come up with a fix for it. But mm-hmm. in this case, that's one of those deals probably every year and a half or so you're going to be changing it. Oh, that's $400 to get it changed. Yep. Yeah, that, that valve from GM's a couple hundred dollars. It I can believe. be. It can be. Okay, one more quick question. Yes. All right. The uh, service airbag light came on. Okay. It doesn't give a code. It's got a code. You just got to have a different, different kind of scan. You can't get it with a code reader. That's going right. to be in the uh, airbag okay. module. You gotta have a GM type scan tool to get to it, but there'll be a code in there. Very often on those, what they call the clock spring assembly, which is a little piece underneath the airbag that allows it to turn in and turn out will go bad. That's not the only thing. Sometimes the airbag itself will go bad. Sometimes something gets unplugged, particularly if you ever shove anything under your seat. There's a bunch of wires under there with sensors that tells it when someone's sitting in the seat called an occupancy sensor. If you hit one of those wires, but it's going to be either a loose connection code or a part fail code, but You diagnose it just like you do everything else, but you got to have a GM scan tool to get to the code. Well, okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. Still got a couple of minutes if you want to be part of the automotive hour. Yeah, some, most vehicles now have 20, 30 different systems on them, mm-hmm. and the only one you can access with a code reader is the engine and transmission. The OBD2 allowable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of people think that if it's not there, knows they can't get to it with a code reader, it, it doesn't. Not but, anything, but, yeah, you yeah. may have a, a towing module. Sure. You have an oh, a, yeah. ABS module, we, airbag module. We could sit here and, and traction control modules, modules for days. Yeah, even the seat control modules right. can store codes. Modules. Door, all, window all modules. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are basically about 70 different modules on a modern vehicle, and almost every one of them does store code but you've got to have the proper tooling to get to that it's not one of those things because obd2 was designed to be emissions related epa wanted that where it would be universal across the board and everybody get to it most of the other codes will be what they call manufacturer's codes they're not universal codes like obd2 so a generic code reader can't get to them you got to have a specific code reader for that application which is generally either going to be the factory tool or some type of equivalent there are some companies that make aftermarket tools, but these they are, are going to be expensive. up several thousand dollars. Sure. It's not going to be a $49 part. You know? Right. I know when we bring a vehicle in for general inspection, <clears throat> we will actually plug into the OBD2 mm-hmm. and run a complete diagnostic System scan. Of, of the modules in the vehicle. It mm-hmm. runs a complete scan, prints out any codes, labels them in all the systems. Right. Now, that is not a diagnosis. That is, is not. just it's retrieving, just codes. retrieving codes. And we'll do that when we do a general inspection and say, look, you got these codes here. This might ever cause any problem. Some right. of them are just manufacturer codes that just pop in there. Are the ABS lights on? It goes through the ABS system. It looks at for any code set in the system. 
you know, in each individual system. Right. Of course, so, you still got to go in and do a diagnosis right. to see why that why this code came on. is on. But just kind of the way it all works. But at least if you get a general inspection, you want to know that they did run those codes. And fortunately, with the factory tools now, most of them will just plug in to one port and one command. You can pretty much check all the modules. It'll yes, just you tell you what's in there. It's not going to go in and give you the individual repair date and all that. No. You got to do that separately. But it will at least tell you what codes are in there. And it's amazing when you plug into a modern-day car, you will hardly ever get one that doesn't have 20, 25 codes in there because they just got so many systems on it. It sets so many different codes. Most of them are just irrelevant. Right. So a little glitch or something. Right. And it'll set a, a code and it'll move it to history when it doesn't see it again. Right. If it doesn't happen again. It labels them current and history codes. Something like a weak codes. battery can set just an inordinate oh, number of codes in there. Vast amount of codes. And it may not turn on any kind of light. So what we do, we say just ignore those. If they're not causing any problem, well, it happened can, one time Well, you can look at them. A year ago. A lot of them are lost communications, mm-hmm. low-voltage codes. You can you can normally assume that if you've got a bad battery cable, it set all those. Right. So let's fix the battery cable and, and, and see if any of them, come, any back. Of them come back. Yeah, because you could end up an inordinate amount of time trying and, to diagnose all And those. not find anything. There you go. Hey, we're going to get on out of here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning all the motor power. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written review and fill it up for us. Yeah, sure. Appreciate that. Appreciate people's opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.